0: Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that? Well, you're in luck, and you're in the right place listening to the right podcast, because this is the story of... Welcome back to the show. Thank you guys for joining us. I am Smith. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And tonight we've got a very, very special guest. He's a good guy that I've gotten to know over the last couple of months. I've been a guest on his show two times, which was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, he has a his own podcast. It's a podcast that delves into the world of ideas across media, politics, technology, pop culture, and all realms of civic life. Listen, learn, and maybe laugh a little bit. Uh, he is the host of the With Jay Burke Show, and joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Burke.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward. To it. We've been talking about it for for a while now.
0: So. Yeah, man. You know, it finally happened, man. So you know, the stars aligned, and we and we got you on tonight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got a good we got a good show for you tonight. And, and the topic for tonight is inventions we never knew we couldn't live without. Did I get that right? I
1: Think so. So, okay, that's good. Right.
0: okay, that works.
1: Please change it in um, post. Yeah, right, that works too.
0: So I will start us off tonight. So generally what we're talking about is in, in this particular episode is these are the inventions that we use on a daily basis. And, uh, and you know, the, these are ones that we, we kind of, like I said, we take for granted, that we use every day, multiple times a day. Uh, and sometimes when they don't work, we're like, what the fuck is going on? And um, and so we're going to give you a little bit of the stories behind these things and how they came about and have a little bit of a discussion about uh, how they've changed our lives. And so uh, we drew sticks and I'm going first. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to start us off with the story of the supermarket. We all use them. We uh, we love them. Right, we've been there. They've definitely changed our lives. They, I, I know, I have changed the way that I use supermarkets. uh, You know, even during COVID and post-COVID, used to work at supermarkets. Joe, uh, I got a little tidbit in there for me and you. Um, So we'll start. So this, the supermarkets start off in 1916 with a guy named Clarence Saunders, and um, you know, obviously, like I had said, they, these, you know, they've transformed the way that we do our shopping. Uh, But you know, most of us you know, we go to this, we go to the store, we, we have everything we need there. And you go to, you know, it's your one-stop shop, you know, prior to supermarkets, they were just markets. And then they got super and that's why they're called supermarkets. The way that it used to work was you would go to a market, right? Or you would go to a general store if your, your, your town had a general store and you handed your clerk your list and you waited for them to get you what you needed. Right. You know, there were no choices. Like here's your list and they would just walk behind and, Get whatever you want, and that was what you got. And what you got is what you got, right? You get what you get and you don't get upset. But if your town did not have, you know, a general store, you had to go to different separate stores. You had to go to a grocer or a baker or a butcher or a green grocer or like a pharmacy, right? And they were all spread out uh, you know, throughout the town center or a high street or a main street. And that's like ours. Now everybody else in town are all, you know, generally you shopping at the same time. So you're in line for hours at each store waiting at the counter to go up, tell the shopkeeper what you need. They're going to go get the stuff you know, from behind the counter, right? And then they're going to put it on, on, you know, on, on the counter. You pay for it, and then you go to the next store. And that's, that's, that's a lot of work, man, for a Sunday or you know, whatever, whenever you, know, you got to do your shopping. But this is going to change, like I said, 1917, uh, when we got a guy named Clarence Saunders. He's going to open up the first true self-service grocery store in memphis tennessee does anybody know it's still around today does anybody know the name of the first grocery store
2: i think i do
0: okay joe what do you got is it the piggly wiggly
2: it's
3: the piggly
1: wiggly yes yes well done sir
0: that's a
3: trivia that i know yeah,
0: buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. You got the air horn, sir. Yeah, well done, well done. Yeah, man. It is the first. The first uh, supermarket is called a, a Piggly Wiggly. And so, actually, do you know the name Joe or or Mike uh, of the second grocery store? It opens in 1930 in Queens, New York. I'm gonna go with Key Food. No, 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 no. Hmm. And and there's a reason why Jay, you can you can answer if you want, but I'm not asking you for a specific reason because you don't live in New York. But maybe you know you're a worldly guy. Maybe you know it. Is Joe, it
4: wallbounds? I love
0: wallbounds. Uh, no, it isn't. You <laughs> <laughs> got giddy over Walbams.
1: You to love it or something like that?
0: Nope, Joe, I you got it. Was it
2: King Cullen? It's King Cullen. Wow. Yes, oh, King
0: Cullen. Yeah. Yes, is the second one. It opens in 1930 in Queens. Now, Joe, if I'm not mistaken, you worked at King Cullen, did you not?
2: I did, and I just remembered you worked there as well, right?
0: I did. I did. I worked at King Cullen. That was like a rite of passage in Lindenhurst. you Wal-Balms. had to work at King Cullen at some point, right? Yeah. Or Walbaum's. Um, yeah. Or Walbaum's. Yeah, Mike. Mike's got an affinity for Walbaum's. Apparently, or I is it I started my uh,
1: it, uh, professional life at Shoprite, so. Oh. There you
0: go. We had a shop yeah, right, right on uh, Sunrise Highway in Copeg, uh, in not too far from my house. Yeah. And so then you got a Safeway and Kroger. They're all going to come in afterwards as well. So they've all been around for quite some time. Now, there's still some contention. King Collins, I don't know if you noticed, Joe, but on King Cullen's, uh sign, it's, it says America's first grocery store, but they're lying. Yeah, supermarket. Yeah, I remember they, that. Yeah, they are lying. Um, yeah, supermarket. I apologize. not grocery store. Uh, but Piggly Wiggly beats them out. right. 1916 obviously happens before 1930. So King Cullen's a bunch of fucking liars. But whatever. Well, take second best. That's fine. But, you know, the uh, John Stanton, he's a professor of food marketing at St. Joseph's University, says, and I quote, that method, this new method meant that consumers could make decisions as to what it was that they wanted to buy. And that really led companies trying to catch consumers attention. And it really is the origin of branding. And so prior to being able to walk around within a grocery store, like I said before, you gave a list and they just gave you what they had, right? If you wanted a candy bar, they probably held one type of candy bar and that was it. Why? Because they didn't need, right, to have choices. They just needed to be able to grab something off the shelf and give it to the consumer. And so what this is going to really kind of create is branding, right? It's mass branding and brands that are going to really kind of reach from coast to coast. And, you know, it's going to really, you know, that's going to change advertising and marketing and consuming in the United States. It's really going to kind of pop capitalism pretty hard uh, in the United States, um, you know, and it's going to, you know, also bring in a lot of other inventions as well. After the war, uh, refrigerators, cars, right? They're in almost every single household. And, you know, they're going to they're going to you know, keep feeding this model of, of essentially mass consuming and mass branding and mass marketing. And uh, then they're going to start to create parking lots that have free parking, right? And that's going to be a necessity at every single supermarket. And so if you think about it, the creation of the supermarket is going to feed into so many other avenues of American life, of Americana, right? And um, so much so that 1957, President Eisenhower, right? He has Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip visiting the United States. And they made sure that they visited a Maryland grocery store for 15 minutes just to see what it was all about. And the queen uh, apparently made a, 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 a remark, uh, bemused by the grocery cart's little collapsible seat. Right, She thought the little collapsible seat in, in the front of the grocery cart was, was very cute. Very nice. I like that, that you have this little collapsible seat there. Right. It was particularly nice to be able to bring your children there. It was nice. Now they have these little shopper and training carts. You guys ever seen the shopper and training carts? Oh, sure. Those are, those are adorable. I really can't wait till I get my son one of those. But like, then I'll be like really pushing him into capitalism and stuff. And I, I don't know. I feel dirty. <laughs> feel dirty if I do that. I don't really know. But, but the idea of, I mean, you guys are, you know, I mean, speak economics real quick, the idea of having so many choices. Right. That, you know, it, 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 it makes prices cheaper. Right. It creates competition and thus helping consumers and helping the middle class. But um, not only is Piggly Wiggly going to be the first supermarket in the United States, uh, Clarence Saunders is also going to uh, franchise. He's going to franchise Piggly Wiggly. So it'll be one of the first franchises in the United States as well. He is eventually going to lose all of his money in the stock market. Not much of a stock market guy. And then he's going to create a second grocery store. And I forget the name of it. This one was a little bit more um, you know, similar to the one that he had beforehand. He's going to lose that, all that in the Great Depression. And then he's going to create a automated grocery store where you came in and you essentially kind of like gave somebody or something your order. And then all the food that you wanted would come out on a conveyor belt and go into a, a grocery bag for you. But that was, it never kicked, you know, never really kind of caught on as like the forties and fifties. So he was a little bit ahead of his time there. Um, but you know, you've got a, a couple of things that are going to come out of this. Again, as I said, franchising self-service is going to come out of it, right? The idea that you go to a store and you take a shopping cart and you go and get what you need, right? The shopping cart, is going to come out of this, right? They're brand new. They, they, they were never needed before, right? Before the Piggly Wigglies. Coupons are going to be, you know, they had coupons before. However, uh, there was no way to really nationalize coupons to where people were literally just kind of making their own coupons and bringing it. So there was no way to really figure out like whose coupon was real and how to honor these. And, um, you know, the, the franchised supermarket is going to go ahead and kind of make them mainstay in Americana. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, think about your lives without a supermarket. I know with me, especially during Covid, my wife was pregnant, so I was super protective. Um, you know, and, and what we started to do is ordering, we started ordering our uh, our groceries online and then going up to the little space, and then they bring them out to the car. and uh, and we kind of never stopped doing that. And I feel really bougie doing that, but I'm going to be honest, the two-and-a-half-year-old makes life a hell of a lot easier. So, um,
4: you know. I was going to say, man, that the uh, that whole conveyor belt thing, you know, that everything was put on a conveyor belt and put into a bag, if you really think about it, they really turn that into what we do nowadays as far as being able to place an order online and go to the store, like you said, and pick yeah. up what you need and essentially just what you need. You know, you're not walking around and finding those chips that are on sale or that ice cream that's on sale. You're literally just sticking to... Um, what you want and what you need so you're not yeah. overspending
0: which is which is what Clarence was trying to do right back in like the late 40s early 50s with his automated supermarket so you know I mean if you think about it though man I mean yeah the supermarket has become such uh, as far as an adult life goes right the adult life it is you know a major part of how we survive now you know
2: it's a amount of time yes
0: yeah, yeah. You know, that's why I like the whole thing where I do my order online that when my wife does it, but picking it up, man, it saves like a couple of hours every week for sure and makes, makes life pretty easy. So, yeah, man, that is, uh, that is the short story behind the supermarket being created in 1916, a complete American type of invention of how can we mass consume as best as we can and feed that capitalist machine. You know, you're <laughs> capitalist, you American capitalist out there. So, that's that's what I got. Jay, what you got, man?
1: All right, so, you know, I wrote down a few things here, but we'll just start with this. I wonder how that changed local business. Mm. In other words, did it change it in the same way that, let's say, Amazon transitioned malls today into basically service centers? Because there's not that much shopping that goes on at the mall anymore because of Amazon. Yeah. You'll have your, have a few stores here and there, clothing and stuff like that, but... You no, know, when we went to the mall, it was just basically ninety five percent shopping. Now it's yep. doctor's offices. It's obviously there's supermarkets there now when I go. Yeah. Things Dude, like there's, that. There's there's gyms now. But you know, yeah on, on Long Island,
0: guys, I don't know if you know, but the last time I was up there, the Sunrise Mall is closed. It's done. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a wrap. And that was that was the mall we went to when we grew up, it was the Sunrise Mall and it's gone. Right now, I believe, uh, according to my father in law, the only time it's open is Sunday mornings for the old people to walk. Yeah. Like, that's legitimately why it's around. But you're right. And I wonder if the supermarket had the same effect on the baker and the grocer, right? You know, and, and the butcher, you know, the mom and pop shops. I wonder if it, if, if it, oh, if it knocked them out. You know, I absolutely. would imagine so.
2: Well, I, I don't think I've ever been to a general store. I don't think there's any general stores the way you de- like, I've heard that term before, but what you described, I don't mm. think I've ever experienced that. Like, so that that doesn't exist, at least in New York, it doesn't. Oh, don't I've really
0: got know. one in my town because I live in my town's a square mile and we've got a red light <laughs> and we got one red light and a
3: McDonald's.
0: Yeah, it's about what we got. And we got, we got a general store, but it's never been open. Every time I drive past, it's never open. So I don't know how, maybe it's just there for, I don't know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Nostalgia? Uh,
2: yeah, I guess yeah, the
0: word. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Nostalgia.
1: So I don't know, but that's a good point though, man. I don't, I'm sure it probably hurt the local economies unless... Those guys went and worked, or the butcher went and worked at the supermarket? Yeah. In the yeah. meat section or something?
0: Could have been, you know, and, and they just incorporated everything.
1: Yeah,
4: I, I was going to say, that's probably what happened. You know, think about it. If you had, you know, the butcher next to the bakery next to, I don't know, pharmacy, like, all these things eventually just got combined into one place, so instead of having to go from store to store to store, they were just like, here, just come to here, and you can just do everything all in one spot. come out, out to Piggly in. Wiggly's!
0: You know what I mean? Everything you need. You know, like, yeah, and doing the old 1930s voice. Yes, yeah, hey, Come out to Piggly Wiggly's. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, come out to Piggly Wiggly.
0: Apparently he was a gangster in, in Chicago as well, so... <laughs> Well, he had to do
1: something after he lost his money in the stock market.
0: (laughs) Oh, Clarence Sanderson. Yes. Hey, that's curtains for you.
1: Got the old butcher down the block working in the back there.
0: But yeah, I'm sure it definitely, you're right. It had to have changed the landscape of local businesses as well, you know, and, and, you know, how local businesses were, were, you know, uh, landscaped after that throughout the towns and you know, and how that worked. I'm sure he probably did not make many friends. I'm sure he made a lot of enemies. For, yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. general stores went out of business, and I'm sure they showed up with like pitchforks, because it's like, you know, it's Memphis, Tennessee in 1916.
2: So, yeah. But well, look, look at the reverse effect of it now, too, because I was just thinking, as you guys were saying it, you know, we grew up with supermarkets. It's, it's all we knew. It was actually you went to different supermarkets to get different things. And then when you first experienced going to an isolated butcher or an isolated bakery, mm. right? That was a different experience for us. That was like, oh wow, yeah. like this is just meat. Like this whole store is just fresh meat, and this whole store is just cakes and cookies. Yep. And there's a there's a tie to that now. So like, it, it's kind of like cyclic, you know? Like the supermarket took over, and it, it's still on top. But these niche markets. are coming back and, and they have their place now as well, too. People want to still use them, you know? Yeah,
0: true. Very true. They want that old timey feeling, you know, I guess is you will, Mike, you work, right? You're, you work at a pharmacy. It's kind of like a mom and pop shop, you know, and, and you have, and I worked there with you for years. There's that personal relationship that you make with your customers and that personal trust. That when they come in, you know, they walk in, you know their name, right? You know their family. You're yeah. asking how the kids yeah. are, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you don't get that with a supermarket, you know, but you you definitely get that with your local store, right, or your local pharmacy or your local butcher, right? And, yeah, you know, absolutely. so there is that as well. You know, it's a good point, man. So that's that's what I got for the Piggly Wiggly. I, I thought it was an interesting one. It was good. I I, I I almost, guys, I really came close. I've I had some information, but I came close to doing sliced bread. It was it was a close <laughs> one. Like I mean, it is pretty amazing. I it yeah. really like it was the ultimate invention if you think about it. Um yeah. I mean for real, you know, but maybe at another time we'll do uh we'll do sliced bread. <laughs> just a whole so, episode about sliced bread. Just sliced bread. I'm sure you could. I'll eat a fucking sandwich. This is the bread episode. I will, I will eat a sandwich while I, while, while we do it. You know, I went to France when I went to France, I was in Paris and, um, I asked Henry you Winkler, Yeah, I know, uh, I asked Henry Winkler, uh, Hey, I said, yo, are we were going to go to a little seaside village or we're going to go to Paris. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I had talked to Henry Winkler a few times on Twitter. And so my wife, we call him uncle, Hen- uncle Henry. And, um, we met uncle Henry, uh, at the comic con in Raleigh. And so my wife was like, ask uncle Henry. And so I was like, that's a great idea. So I tweeted at him and I was like, yo, home floor. We're either going to go to home floor or Paris. So I, I tweeted Uncle Henry and he was like, dude, you got to go to Paris. And I was like, okay, definitely. And I was like, well, what do we do? And he's like, you got to eat, just eat everything. And we couldn't afford the French food. So I got French bread. So I, I went to Paris and I, and I bought French bread and I ate a whole loaf of French bread while I walked around in Paris. And it was a lot of fun. You now I tried to, I tried to order it in you know like uh un petit baguette uh un un petit baguette and she was like you want french bread <laughs> <laughs> and I was like uh yeah thank you she was like what a dickhead
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking american stupid american We <laughs> fucking uh, stupid american stupid <laughs> american she can i get some bread here she <laughs> yes. i've just I've been a talk like that forever <laughs> you want a baguette Oh my goodness! Oh man. So that was that was my French,
0: my France story as well. All right, um, who who's up next? Who, who's, who's next in line? Who wants to go? Oh, I'll go. All right, all right. So I did
4: the refrigerator. So I can't. So
3: I'm sorry. Mike,
4: continue. I can't even focus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, the refrigerator. All right, All right, I'm done. Go. I'm doing the refrigerator. Everybody needs a refrigerator. I feel like it's a modern appliance that almost everybody in the world has. Mm-hmm. Um, so the refrigerator, do you guys know how long the idea of the refrigerator has been tossed around before they actually perfected it? Not a clue. I'm going to say at least 200 years, two 300 years. It was, it was like late 1700s is when they came up with the idea for the refrigerator. And they just could, they were trying to do so many different things and different ways to figure out how to make it work in a cheap way, an efficient way, and um, a safe way. You know, they were using all different types of chemicals to have chemical reactions in there to actually be able to get the food cold. And when I started reading into all the different things that they were doing, I'm like, this is <laughs> So boring. I said, I apologize to anyone that designed a refrigerator or builds refrigerators or works on refrigerators. Oh, my God. The history behind it was just like, okay, just get to the end. Like, how, how many different ways can you possibly get it wrong until you finally get it right? So um, the first refrigerator, a modern refrigerator, was uh, actually done by 1917 by the name Robert Wolfe. And um, his design was then sold off to Frigidaire. Okay. So the, the fact of having a refrigerator in just modern times, obviously, um, is so different from what they had back in the day. They had so many different ways to try to preserve food. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, they had different concepts. They used to bury food in the um, underground to keep it cold. Yep. They at some point had ice houses in which people from a village would then take all their food and put it into this little kind of hut, and everyone would just keep all their food in there and just keep it cold. Um, The other one, and the coolest one, I thought, was the fact when they had the refrigerator box, and what they used to do is they had a giant block of ice, and they put the giant block of ice in there, and then from there, that would keep everything cold, but it didn't really have a consistent temperature. So where the Iceman cometh. Yes, So then I said, all right, well, this is pretty interesting. You know, who doesn't have a refrigerator? Who couldn't live without a refrigerator? And I said, okay, well, I think about one thing, and I said, well, if my refrigerator died, or if I had to figure out how a refrigerator works, I have no clue. Mm. I have no idea what happens inside of that giant box in my kitchen that keeps my food cold. And I don't understand how is it colder in the freezer versus the refrigerator. I said, this, think about it. Like, do you know how that happens? Not a clue. I, I am a chemist. so I, I do know. But yes, I was going to say, if <laughs> knew, you, you probably know, Joe. But yeah, I was just like, I have no clue how this works. I said, if it stops working, what do you do? You call someone to fix it. You're like, I don't know.
0: It just doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, my my father-in-law is an HVAC guy, so he, he could answer that question. That's true. So I was like, okay, I'm going to look it
4: up. I'm going to find out how this works. <laughs> a, little, a little basic understanding of a refrigerator and how it works, okay? Okay. So just think of the, the concept of when you get your hands wet, okay, they, they feel cold because what's happening is the water's evaporating. It's actually cooling down your skin and therefore the heat from your skin is drying it, okay? Then also think about how Condensation happens when you have like a cold drink. So if you got like a beer, you got a soda out of the fridge, and you see all that condensation on the outside, the beer inside is cold, and it's getting heated by the outside, and that's what's bringing all that
0: moisture. That too is condensation.
4: Yes. So, Joe, you can you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to explain it in the way that I tried to figure it out. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right, so you have a compressor that constricts the refrigerant vapor. It raises the pressure, and it pushes, in, it, pushes it inside the coils. You ever see the little coils on the back of a fridge? Uh-huh. Um, that's on the outside of the refrigerator. So what happens is from there, the pressure of the uh, vapor gas, the refrigerant gas is in there, and it's heated up, so it goes through the coils to go through a cooling process. So what happens is by the time it gets back up to the top, as it's about to go into the fridge, it's cooled to a point that it's so cold, when it goes in, it goes into the freezer first. And those coils in there are really cold, and that's why the freezer stays so cold.
0: Oh, shit. So it's taking no, the super know. cold air and before it travels into the refrigerator.
4: Right. So the, the, the vapor, when I think about it, at the bottom of the fridge, the vapor is down there, and it's really, really hot. So when it goes through the coils, if you look on the back of a refrigerator, it's like giant, like, mesh of coils. But that's really there, so the vapor goes through it, and as it goes through it, the heat dissipates from that coil and cools off by the time it gets back up to the top. All right. So that's how, that's why the back of the refrigerator is so warm, because all the heat's coming off of it. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So as it
4: goes into the freezer, from there, it starts to absorb the heat and release the cold. Therefore as it keeps to go back down into the to the um to the refrigerator the same process is just happening but it's already dissipated some of that cold that's already there and it's already absorbed some of the heat from the freezer hence the reason why the refrigerator is co- is not as cold as the freezer oh, all right and same exact process happens in the refrigerator where it absorbs the heat from the refrigerator hence releasing that cold and then it goes back into the compressor where it's already taking in all the heat that's inside. And then and starts was... the
0: process again.
4: Starts the process again.
0: Joe, is he right?
2: He's pretty good, though, yeah. I, I approve, Mike. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> all right. A little well, science well. lesson for everybody today.
0: Joe, I, uh, well, Mike, I am going to tell you, that's probably the most boring fucking thing I've heard in like you know, two <laughs> weeks. But I... <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, and I
4: really practice that a lot to make sure I didn't fuck it up.
0: <laughs> you nailed it though, for real, because oh. even I understand it. So, like, yeah. I was able to like keep up with it. Yeah, you, no, sir. that was
1: very good. Well <laughs> played,
0: you. sir. I'm, I'm going to have to have my father in law listen to the episode. He's going to spot it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking and about? You know my father in law very well. So, you do. I do. You, I do. Yeah, I gonna... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. And so, all right. So, I mean, dude, think about how much the, the refrigerator, I mean, even with, you know, um, it. Being a part of the, 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 going back to my story with the, um, the supermarket, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, refrigerator sections being put into the supermarkets revolutionizes. Swanson is one of the first major corporations, right, uh, making millions and millions of dollars, right? The TV dinner and all that stuff revolutionizes everything, you know. Um, I mean, prior to that, there were butchers and all that good stuff, but most often people did not, people ate spoiled meat. For a really long time, you know, like you were trying, you were talking about different ways that they tried to keep it from spoiling. Salting was another, you know, yeah, age old really version right of too. that. Yeah. And, uh, but people really, really often ate bad meat. I mean, that's what they did. And, and one of the first uses for ketchup, uh, ketchup was used for medicinal qualities at first, but one of the, the fade, one of the first mass uses of ketchup was to mask the taste of rotten meat as they were eating it, you know, and, uh, and refrigeration comes in, Right. And saves the fucking day. You know, two little, two little coils. That was
4: yeah. Well, now I I just want to talk a little bit about the evolution of the refrigerator. Um, If you get a chance, go online, go on YouTube, and you can watch a Frigidaire commercial from like 1950, and it's hilarious because the woman's like just showing in the fridge, and like the the shelves actually slide out. There was a a uh, almost like a briefcase thing that was like on the door. And she wow. would literally take that whole thing off. And it was like for all the fruits and vegetables. That way when you came home from the supermarket, you loaded everything into it and you put it back onto the door. Or if you needed to take something out, you want to cut up some fruit and wash yeah. it, you put it. And then you put it right back in. And I was like, wow, that, that's a really, it, like there's things that like we don't even have in a refrigerator today. Yeah. I was Like, well, we don't have this stuff, but there's a, but we have some really cool stuff in refrigerators. We have some pretty um, useless stuff, but yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, <laughs> Hitler, I was thinking the same thing, but there are some pretty crazy things that they're doing now with refrigerators. And the fact is, they actually have I saw this one, they have a 21 inch screen on the front of the refrigerator.
0: My dad has that one, and yeah. uh, his, his Spotify account goes right to his refrigerator. It's un blue. I can send yes. pictures from my house to his refrigerator, yes. yes. And, uh, Yes, it's ridiculous.
4: It's I like you can share, you can upload pictures, you can send yep. notes, uh, you can put your calendar on there. You can actually, it said you can actually connect it to the TV in your house, sit down and mm-hmm. watch the football game, gut up to go get a beer from the fridge and keep watch watching the game on the fridge. Yeah. That's pretty good. Not missing Dude, a good. second. That you is good. me. Watching.
0: Yeah, that's the epitome of American fucking laziness. Like, I mean, for real. Like, if that's not the epitome of indulgence, like, there are people literally dying of fucking, you know, uh, of 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 starvation, and Americans can't fucking take three seconds from watching the football. So, like, game what's up with getting...
1: the Wi-Fi? I can't watch <laughs> yeah. the football game in the kitchen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I gotta <laughs> oh, get
1: more nacho cheese. I gotta, I gotta go during the timeout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, my dad will wake up in the morning. And he goes and, like, he talks to the refrigerator and he's like, tell me the news. And it will give you the day's headlines, like, from his fucking refrigerator. And it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. But it is pretty badass. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, my refrigerator is pretty say, dumb compared to his. Yeah. I was very, like, I was blown away. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, this has been around
4: even for a few years now. Like, I was like, yeah. what? I'm like, we have all this stuff? And, like, the other thing is, it actually has cameras on the inside. So every time the door opens, it takes pictures of the inside mm-hmm. of the refrigerator. You can check yep. it from your phone when and you're at the you supermarket need. and see exactly yeah. what you have and what you
0: don't have. Like, how, honey, how much milk do we have? I don't know. Let me check my phone. Hold on. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. It's yeah. absurd. I'll be
1: honest. You I know? saw a lot of this stuff because I had to buy a new fridge recently. And my so wife did I, yeah. Stuff, And I was like, listen, as long as it doesn't have crushed ice, it's shit. That's all I'm saying. Like, I need crushed ice. I'm Fuck good. that refrigerator. I don't need yeah. anything else. I don't need, you know, HDTV on
0: my refrigerator. But if you gave me some crushed ice, we're good.
1: We're in I business. I don't I'm need right. the wiretap feature on my <laughs> fridge. I just need the
0: crushed
1: ice. Oh, man. No, my you're right. Fridge,
2: uh, we just did our, our kitchen a year ago. And my fridge has, um, when you dispense water, it tells you how much water. And I was like, oh, really? that's amazing. Like, oh, my God. How did I never have this before?
1: You just, like, leave it there?
2: <laughs>
0: I know exactly, exactly
2: how many ounces of water I drink every day.
0: Well, I would say, bad. like, as a chemist, like, I'm sure that really, like, jiggles your balls. You know what oh, I mean? Like, that's got to make you super happy. Like, oh, I've got 37 ounces of water in here right now. If I combine that with uh, two ounces of lincerium, I can make uh, and uh, <laughs> you know
1: exactly what I say every day. I will, I will say this, though. So my wife showed me a picture of a 1950s fridge, and we were both like, it's so much more functional. It is. Than what they have now, though. Like with all, like, like what you were talking about. Um, Yeah, like all the pull-out stuff and things. I'm like, yeah. why did they make them different? But Right. I'm like, well, why doesn't mine have a pull-out shelf? I yeah. want a pull-out shelf. Well, I
0: mean, do you ever see an airplane, or as Joe would say, an aeroplane from the 1950s? <laughs> Like, dude, airplanes in the 50s were legit, man. They were, like, spacious and big, and they had, like, bars and shit, you know? And, like, it was, like, a legit experience, right? So especially in the 1950s, right, after we got alien technology from Roswell, um, (laughs) you know, it changed everything, you know? Like, microwaves and all that shit, you know? And we took it and we ran with it. You guys are laughing like there's something, like, weird. I don't know. That was great. Totally
2: normal. Totally normal. (laughs)
0: You know, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I thought that was common knowledge. I mean, come on, guys. But no, you're right, though. Like the, the, the evolution of the refrigerator has been pretty fucking crazy. You know, yeah. like you said, it started off super fancy and then kind of hit a dip, you know, and, uh, and and then has come back to now be like, like super, super fancy with like AI shit on there now, yeah. you know, which is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. So and then
4: a fun fact for you. You wanna go, Joe?
2: I was gonna say if you could pick one appliance like to summarize your entire house, it's it's probably the refrigerator or the television, but probably the refrigerator, I would say. Like that's probably the thing that when people walk into your house, that's what they see, that's what they go to, that's what they judge your house by, your kitchen by. That's
0: right, a, that's a good point. Yeah, that is that.
4: That that is the most used appliance in your house. It is the mm-hmm. largest appliance in your house.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Not in my. I would house, agree right? with it's that. The though, most used appliance.
1: When I go into somebody's house, I mean, I look at the fridge and I'm like, "That's a nice fridge." This guy is yeah. funny. You, you <laughs> yeah, know, you're like yeah, it's kind of like how I rate it. Or it's like this. Well, it's, it's like. More
4: like... This fridge is
1: shit. Yeah. This guy's poor. No, yeah. no crushed ice. This guy's shit. We're done. With like this I'm sure we everyone. have all
0: like walked into someone's house for the first time and like when they're not looking, you look in their fridge and right and you're like, you just like, I got to see what they, they got here. You know, Medicine like too. yeah, like if it's a skim milk house or is like a one percent house. You know, like what are they doing here? <laughs> you know, are they? Is it lactate? Like if it's lactate, I got to leave now. I got to <laughs> go get some you know, it's some cold You're
4: going to take that ice cream that you brought with you out of the house, too, if it's lactate? <laughs> exactly right. I'm going to fucking take that ice cream out of my house. Waste
3: that
0: ice <laughs> throw it in the garbage <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a lactate assault. I'm leaving, sir. <laughs> I'm bringing my son into this household. No.
1: <laughs> if they have, like, fair yeah. life, milk, are you cool with that? Or is it like, that's the same, too?
0: That's okay, I guess. You know, as long as it's not almond milk. If it's almond milk, I'm out. Like, that's it. Like, that's yeah. Joe. No,
2: no, no, not because I'm like vegan, vegetarian, anything like that. But I do eat oatmeal every day and I, I have problems digesting milk because I'm old. So I have okay. to use almond milk.
0: All right, I'll give you that. You know, the majority, Mike, I don't know, maybe you can back me up on this with your medical experience. The majority sure. of mankind is lactose intolerant. Isn't that correct? I, I know I read no. that somewhere. No, I don't no? think so. I know I've read no, somewhere that right. was like, like 95% way. of mankind is lactose intolerant. It's no. a
1: weird concept, though, that we're like the only species that drinks mel- milk. yeah, after like milk. infancy. Yeah, after, after, yeah. yeah, and like other animals' milk. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah,
0: it's fucking strange. It really is. Like, like it's, it's too weird for, th- for us to keep drinking from our mom's breast, but, you know, would, a cow's tit, like that's okay.
4: Right, like uh, you would think it at least should be the same... Animals, same. yeah, same species. Yeah, you would think we should be, so. we should be drinking press, drink.
1: probably better I think for there'd us. There'd be like a whole industry for you know, <laughs> Yo, there No,
4: there is, there totally is. I guess there is. Yeah, you can. So, I don't know, we're, we're, we're venturing off here. <laughs> this is good, stick a go fucking weird You, know term. That you can actually, and this is how you know we're, we're dads at this point like, you know, that if your wife is. I guess doesn't want to nurse, or she's having difficulty. You can actually buy breast milk.
0: I had no idea. You
4: can actually thing. have if it like the... delivered to your house. Like it's like no joke.
0: Can I milk them myself? Is that like uh, is that an option?
4: That's
2: sexual harassment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'm going to get me too. Damn it! If you, ask. if you ask. <laughs> <gonna get me. laughs>
3: All right, my wife can't listen to this episode. Oh okay, God. all right. Let's uh, let's let's
0: go to the next topic here. That was oh that was an interesting venture there. All <laughs> right. Mike, nice job, though. That was that was fucking good, man. I, I, was I, good. I, I appreciated that one very, very much. Thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, well played, good, sir. Well played. really good well,
2: segue Air time. conditioning, which is on a, a similar realm.
1: Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it's really good segue. Do you I know, know how, how the air conditioner works? works? <laughs> 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 I'm not kidding that... I don't know if I could top that, that part <laughs> of it, but I'll do my best here. So I think the first thing to think about is what we did before we had air conditioning. Because mm. air conditioning is one of those things like we totally, well, same thing with everything you're talking about, that we, we don't really realize how much it's impacted our lives. So before, we've always looked for some way to stay cool. And humans had wanted to do this long before Willis Carrier came in and invented it. And we had a lot of pathetic ways of trying to keep cool. Um, like some of them, there was actually new English, new England businesses that shipped large ice cubes that they carved out of a lake and insulated with sawdust. Mm-hmm. And they basically exported it like Georgia exports peaches and, They'd have things like uh, ice famines during the winter, during warm winters, and and stuff hmm. like that. And then it became a problem because people started polluting the lake. So you would get your shipment of ice and start to smell funky, or you'd find strange stuff in there. <laughs> um, and some of the other things was houses were designed totally differently. They had more windows, higher ceilings. Um, hmm. Were designed for windows on the opposite space for breezes to come through. Um, oh, the cross ventilation—that yeah, makes sense. Cross ventilation. The yeah, screened-in yeah, yeah. porches were huge because in the summer you could sleep out there during cool nights. Wow. Um, and if you remember, there's a scene in Gone with the Wind where all the ladies take a nap. That was another thing. I guess that's kind of like siesta and stuff that they talk yeah. about. But I mean, the point is, there was a lot of we were always looking for ways to mitigate the heat. So 1902 comes and Willis Carrier works at the Sackett Wilhelm Lithographing and Publishing Company. And they have this big issue in the summer because, I mean, it's hot already with all the printing presses going. Yeah. This place prints their, prints their papers in color. And the problem that's happening is there's too much humidity in the air and it's causing the paper to um, swell or get or shrink or whatever it's mm-hmm. doing. It's, it's changing the paper. So they can't get the colors to ever match up. The two papers hmm. are like that they print. And the guy there tells Carrier, he's an engineer, he's 25, um, tells him, try to figure this out. So Carrie is actually just trying to invent a way to get the um, humidity out of the air. Hmm. He comes up with this idea. He takes an industrial fan. He blows the air over steam coils that are filled with cold water, the excess humidity would condense on the coils. What's happening is it starts to produce cooler air. It's literally taking the humidity out of the air and producing cold air. Wow. To the point where these guys who used to eat in the lunchroom wanted to eat in the room where they were printed the papers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it it takes off. And when you think about it, it affected everyone, like, from manufacturing. Uh, they said anybody from leather to macaroni were pretty much aware how the weather conditions affected their product. And... You know, it became huge in these factories, and then it slowly kind of made its way out of factories later into hotels and stores and other public places. But one of the interesting things I found about it was in 1919 they created a uh, machine that cooled down movie houses. Hmm. And movie houses were pretty much dead in the summer because nobody would want to spend... Couple of hours in a room with a hundred or two hundred people. Yeah, it was a shit ton of bodies. putting their ass off. Yeah, and smelling and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, they designed them for this, and it coincidentally happens to match up with Hollywood's golden age. Huh? And and it's the birth wow of the blockbuster. You know, during the depression and stuff like that, people would just crowd around and go. You know, that was one of the things in the depression that still was solid, was movies. Yeah. Went for escape, but they also wanted to stay cool because homes did not have air conditioning at that point. So the war comes, and then in the 50s, we start to see a boom in construction, especially in the South. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, So made pretty much industrial work like printing, food processing, electrical manufacturing, things that were hard to manage in that kind of heat, manageable. So now we're starting to move south. And me and you talked about this a little bit when we were talking about that, but the demographics ended up changing a lot during this time. Mm -hmm. In fact, the second half of the century, I believe from population... In the South, and I'm talking about, well, more the Sun Belt. So like Florida, Southern California, Texas, yeah, Arizona, Georgia, New Mexico. It grew a ton by 2000. I think they were up like 40% from 1950. Wow. So, you know, it gave birth, a rise to all these types of cities, but it also changed architecture. We changed the way we design our homes. Our homes are now designed to be more functional with air conditioning, so less hmm. windows, lower ceilings, things like that. But it also oh, gave yeah, birth. i never even thought of that. Yeah, it yeah. All, I have so much here, I can go on for another hour. <laughs> I won't. Um, but it also gave birth to the skyscrapers, because there was no... You wouldn't even think about building a skyscraper without it, because you're basically... It's like taking a magnifying glass, putting it up to an ant in the sun. Yeah. They're just going to fry and the, the heat rises. So,
0: as I said, heat rises too. So, those top, top floors would have just been fucking broilers.
1: Yeah. So, you never would have had that. There was another thing I found very interesting that said technology wouldn't have been able to develop as quickly as it did. We wouldn't have an IT industry without it because computers give off heat. Yeah. They need to stay cool. Same thing with the internet. Servers and things like that, very hot. hot. They have to put them in. Um, A cool place and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much more to it, and I don't want to take up like way too much time. But there was, well, I mean, you can you can make the argument
0: that modern America essentially was built, right? On air conditioning, uh, yeah, on air conditioning. I mean, the the absolute settling of the Southwest for sure, hundred percent, right? And like you said, as you said in the Sun Belt, I mean that. The settling of those areas and the population or the populating of those areas, um, you know, definitely uh, skyrocketed right due to air conditioning. You know? Um, you know, you could definitely make the argument that, you know, like Florida and, and you know, those areas, uh, you know, because of air conditioning, we'll probably lose our country uh, because of, you know. I was going to bring <laughs> you know, that up. <laughs> those states and air conditioning will be the fall of, dum- of democracy as we know it but yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, in, in, in fact there to is, go there. there's an author that said that so he didn't say it that way what he said was air conditioning gave us Ronald Reagan Ronald Reagan maybe he would have won the 1980 election but by allowing politically conservative retirees to move south and west hmm it, gave, it changed the Electoral College it landscape, did. right? I mean, wow. those guys tended to vote. Those population centers exist because of, because of air conditioning, but it, it changed yeah. the Electoral College map. Holy
0: That's- shit. It re- like, and legitimately, like all jokes aside, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, that allowed right, the snowbirds and all that stuff and the retirees to then go out to these warmer areas uh, and populate them and and essentially change the color of states, for sure. Like, that's um that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah, in fact, the quote I found, so it's an author, Stephen Johnson, he wrote the book, How We Got to Now, Six Innovations That Made the Modern World. He writes, oh, this is his quote, it sounds crazy to be like a guy in Brooklyn trying to stop ink from smearing on a page ends up helping elect Ronald Reagan, but it's actually just a couple of steps between those two things. Wow. Well, Crazy, right? That is
0: insane. That's crazy. Like, that's absolutely fucking bonkers. (laughs) Like, if you think about it, like, that's crazy. Like, that's... And that's why I always try to teach my students, like, you know, look, man, history is not linear. It's not. We like to make it linear. We like to put it in this nice little... Yeah, right, it makes sense in our brain, right, because we need it to be neat and wrapped up and something that we can visually see. But history is is a web. It's a giant web, yeah. you know, with with pieces going all over the place and how one thing affects you know, one thing doesn't just lead to another. It it affects a million other areas, you know, and um and air conditioning apparently is behind all of it, you know, and
1: okay. I feel like so years, far so. I feel like all these three have a weird connection to each other. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. So I think the fourth one will too, but um Yeah, man, it was crazy. There's some there was some bad things too in there. Which I realize if you look at um respiratory diseases, allergies, asthma, things like that. Yeah. Line from nineteen eighty skyrockets. Wow. Um, and there's a couple of things that change with at, with air conditioning, right? So um one you know once it started getting introduced to homes, we're not out on the porch anymore in we're not really in the atmosphere, I guess you want to say where all the allergies are.
3: Exposing uh, ourselves getting to exposure yeah. to that. so mm-hmm. that's I
1: forget what they call that there's some kind of clean it's you know whatever it is it, we're too clean. Um, which is weird because when you think about society that probably changes society too probably helps with television sales and things like that, right? We're inside watching television now in the middle of summer with our family. Um, But, yeah, they found that there was definitely a huge rise in asthma-related illnesses and uh, respiratory problems. Partly because although although the, the way air conditioning works is really good as far as taking moisture out of the air, Mm-hmm. Um, still filtering all the air that's in there, so any kind of dust or whatever is going to be there. But we're also not exposed to anything outside.
0: Yeah. We're not. Uh, yeah, we're not allowing ourselves to immunize. or immunize immunized to it as yeah. well. Yeah. Crazy, right?
1: That's that's from an environmental.
2: Uh, st- I don't want to get onto the environmental stuff because I have that the- too. Yeah, refrigeration <laughs> and air conditioning both used uh, the refrigerants that were known as cfcs these were uh mm-hmm. things that ended up depleting the ozone layer and these were really good at refrigeration um mm. so they had to switch like freon and stuff like that all that stuff had to come out and they had to use new refrigerants yeah. that were not as destructive so yeah, that was fact, our environmental
1: impact i read it said the chemicals you're talking about were those hydrofluoro carbons or something they
2: call it. hydrofluorocarbons. Hydro
1: yeah, they're 12,000 12, times more potent at trapping heat in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. And that's why, why in the city you have the other issue where it's just much more much warmer because everybody's pumping air conditioner all the time yeah. in the summer. So it's four or five degrees warmer than it would be in the middle of the country. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, I didn't even think about that.
0: Um yeah I mean and it's crazy now though to think just how miserable your life becomes if your AC is out like oh my God. instantaneously oh. you know what I mean like let me let me ask you Joe you work in a school up north do you guys have AC in your school
2: We do not and, and I work on the second floor and it is when it gets hot it yeah. is bad it's And hilarious. I remember
0: at our high school we didn't have AC like I remember nope. like the windows I had to be either. open Right. Yeah. But down here where I work, you cannot not have AC like yeah. down in the south, man. You have to have air conditioning like there's no you start way- in August, though, too. Right? Yeah, we start in August, August man. Crazy. It's hot as balls falls in, in North Carolina, August 16th. It's hot, man. And I'm on the second floor, too. Um, yeah. But I was thinking about that the other day when we, when we brought when, when Jay brought up this topic, you know, and I was like, dude, you know, like that's because I was like, yeah, we didn't have AC in our high school. But no. there's no way I could function. There's no way. Like yeah. It gets it, really it, bad. It gets yeah. really bad. And
2: as a student, you're kind of like you could wear, you know, you wear a tank top and shorts to work with like school. You didn't care. But as a teacher, you try to look somewhat professional. And it's like, mm-hmm. I can't even like wear a shirt. Like, it's bad. I need to go to yeah. the bathroom and like wipe myself off. and. Oh my
0: God. I got, I got called out the other day. Like, Mr. Smith, you got pit stains. And I'm like, thanks, dude. And they're like, well, I wasn't sure if you knew. I'm like, well, yeah, because I, I wouldn't know. Like,
1: man, you get zero for, for telling day. me in your sh- tank top. Yeah, right. In yeah. Your yeah, shorts. It Look at your digital jerk. Yeah, exactly. My yeah.
2: first car was a, it was a 1985 Camaro used and had no AC. And I was like, oh, that's not a big deal because I didn't know any better. There were days that I was like, I am literally not driving today. Like, I yeah. will not drive anywhere because I am a Joe, so, you,
0: were, you, Joe, you, you were born in 1982. I'm pretty sure you bought a used 85 Camaro.
3: <laughs> You're right. Pretty sorry. Sure sorry. You. <laughs> I'm
0: That's sorry. Not- I had to be a dick on that one. You just opened the door. Mm-hmm. That was good. No, but man, that's you know, yeah, man, it's it's crazy because I mean, like again, even down here in the south, um, not even down here, sorry, but especially down here in the south, everything in my house is electric. But yeah, man, you, you know, during the summertime, if we lose electricity, we're screwed. Like we're done. Like it's hot, man, and like it's it's just gets unbearable. Like it's just it's awful, you know. So yeah, I don't know, man. Thousands of years people functioned without air conditioning and I don't know how they did it. Like they set on very
1: differently though. I mean, yeah, well, you know, a
0: lot of people did work like in their, their, their fields and a lot of stuff they did it later in the evening and towards the nighttime because it was much cooler to, to do things, you know, I mean, it wasn't you, you dying out there. It's crazy. You know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. They lived life much differently. They planned their days much differently, you know? And, um, you know, it's uh, you know, we're pretty lucky here. We got a pretty, pretty good man. You know, except doesn't when work. it doesn't work, you know, <laughs>
1: it's you true. I like guess so. It's, it's,
0: it's it <laughs> fucking brutal. <laughs> good <laughs> job, man. Well played on that one. That was good. And so for, for those of you out there, the, this topic was chosen. We always, when we ever have a guest, we always ask the guests if they'd like to choose a topic. And this topic was chosen by Jay. Um, so this whole topic was based around right air conditioning. And so we went on that one. Um, you know, and, 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 uh, so that was, you know, like, that's the core of this episode right there, man. Um, so well played, sir. Well played. Nice job. Thank you.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, Good. Joe, Joe, are you up, but you, you're, you're ready to roll. I'm ready to go. Last one. Right. What you got there, buddy?
2: Well, I know everyone's enjoying the science lessons tonight, so you're going to get some, some more boring science lessons. <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> so I chose. <laughs> <laughs> i chose plastics um which is a very broad category and there could be episodes upon episodes of just this so i'll give you a short history and um some cool things about it and some science about it um so first off plastic is not one thing I, I i teach this in my chemistry class every year there are many types of plastics they all have different names um They just all fit this same category, which is they're polymers. And if you all remember what polymers are, they are things that are made from a repeating unit of a molecule. It's the same molecule over and over and over and over again and just linked together. And that's called a polymer. Poly, that makes sense. Right, poly. Whatever Mm -hmm. molecule you use makes the different kind of plastic that you have. So you have polyethylene, polyvinyl, polyacetate, and things like that. Um, but what I never knew, what I looked into, was why, why were plastics invented? Like, what was the need, and, and how did it come about? It occurred back in 1869, and the Is reason it cool? was invented... Yeah. The reason it was invented was because uh, billiards was a very popular game at the time, and they used to use ivory... As billiard balls, and hmm. natural ivory is—it only really comes from one place, and it's really hard to get, and is very expensive. So the billiard is it by murdering
0: murdering elephants? Yes.
2: Well, yeah, you know, just ripping their tusk off their face and whatever. Yeah, okay, disfiguring
0: elephants. Okay.
2: Yeah, disfiguring. Um, all billiard companies game. all for a pool game. Yeah, billiard companies said it's we'll weird. offer like a, a reward. To anybody who can figure out an alternative, can we use something else? Because ivory is getting way too expensive. So a chemist by the name of John Hyatt produced the first synthetic polymer um, out of cellulose. And cellulose is a natural fiber that comes from plants. And he was able to extract cellulose and make a polymer from that, which he called celluloid. And celluloid was the first plastic ever invented.
0: Is that what they use for film, right? They used to, I believe, yes, they, right. They used to use that. That was the old film reels were made from from celluloid. Celluloid film that's how you burn yeah. real quick. You're talking about, the... yeah. yeah that so. So like right was the
2: problem with them. They were it. It's a very flammable plastic. Mm. So it did. It didn't take off as a billiard ball. It wasn't heavy. It didn't have the same consistency. So it, it failed that test. But he still invented plastic to start. Okay. But yeah, that was celluloid first. Um, they said, "All right, maybe we don't use it for for." Um, billiard balls, but we can use it for other things. So it started taking off and replacing ivory and other things. It started replacing tortoise shell. Now, you know, we could help animals and save animals by not using their their um, material. And then we started saying, well, we can replace all natural material. We don't have to use wood. We don't have to use glass or anything like that. We can use plastics for everything. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a replacement that was supposed to help the environment. It was supposed to take the place oh. of natural things. It's mm. ironic, right? Mm. Um, in 1907, the first fully synthetic plastic was made, meaning it did not derive from anything natural. It was a fully man-made molecule. It was called Bakelite, and uh, it was made by a, a chemist named Leo Bakeland, and it was the first fully synthetic one. No, no natural product whatsoever in it. What year was that? 1907. Okay. Right. And his reasoning was they uh, in the early 1900s cities started to become electrified and electrical wiring needs insulation. So they're like we need to make a new insulation for electrical wiring. Mm. So they used plastic and that's where this plastic was used as as, a, as an insulation.
3: <clears throat> yeah.
2: Um so then we get into more of the popular things. Like in the 1930s, they said, oh, let's replace silk because silk is really expensive. It's really hard to come by, it's, it's a natural product. Uh, what was invented to replace silk? Does anybody know? Latex. Not latex, no. How about nylon? Ooh. Ever heard of that one? Wow. Oh. So nylon was a synthetic fabric uh plastic that you was know, used Yeah, to I,
0: I get yeah, I, I get it. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: It's stronger and it it was supposed to replace silk. That was what it was so, used for. So,
0: so nylon is plastic. It's a type of plastic. Yeah, it derives. You're shitting me.
2: It's not yeah, when we think plastic, you think like hard plastic, but yeah, like it Yeah, man. It's a polymer. That's it. That's all it has to be really. Wow. Um, okay. Frame, right? Yeah. But then In the 1930s, when this was coming out, you know, there were other things going on in the world, as we all mentioned in this episode, and World War II changed everything again, and the plastic industry exploded, and they started using plastics in aeroplane, they replaced the glass in aeroplane warplanes with plexiglass plastic, Hmm. they started using nylon in parachutes and in uniforms, they started making bulletproof vests out of Kevlar, which is a derivative of plastic as well. Um, so the shit. plastic industry like took off with the war, just like every other industry did. Yeah. And um, after the war, they had all these possibilities. They had all this industry now of plastic, and they're like, we, we can make anything we want. And that was really the, uh, the benefit of plastic. Was like You can make any color, any shape, any size product you want. And you can make it quicker and cheaper and more consistently. And yeah, that's
0: in massive abundance, right? And mass produced.
2: Yeah, it wasn't like handmade stuff anymore. It was just mass produced, repetitive stuff. So that's why the 50s, 60s, 70s, you have like the plastic revolution. Everything looked plastic. It looked futuristic. That was the hot stuff at the time, you know? It was used plastic
4: inflatable furniture,
2: Inflatable, yeah, right. Mike, you used to have some of that at the apartment. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was that was the crazy part about it. Then of course we can get into the negatives, which I didn't want to get too much into, but now we know the good thing about plastic is that it doesn't break down. The bad thing about plastic is it doesn't break down. So, Jesus. yeah, we have this massive waste of plastic that we just, you know, we're trying to clean up and get rid of and we're trying to get back to natural things instead, but so this is where the start of
0: So the nukes drop. The only thing that'll be left in the earth is cockroaches, Twinkies, and plastics.
2: Twinkies, that's right. Don't forget the Twinkies.
0: Yeah. That's why we're all here. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. That was mankind's um, uh, journey. Yeah, that's our biggest accomplishment is fucking Twinkies.
2: Twinkies.
3: One stat that I years. thought was
2: really cool was in 1976, plastic, uh, and I think still to this day, plastic surpassed all material in production. We produce more plastic in the world than any other material. We more than steel, more than aluminum, more than anything else. We produce plastic, and
0: yeah, which is crazy. And
2: and, I, and just doing material. my research over the past week, I just like just take a note tomorrow when you're doing anything. How many things you touch, like how many things in front of you right now at your desk are just made just, of plastic? Yeah. It's, it's everything. It's it's crazy. It's used in everything and we, and we just don't even think about it. We don't even notice it. Um Yeah, these little guys, right? <laughs> Computer screen, everything.
3: Everything. Oh, shit, yeah, man.
2: The real impact that I really had to step back and think about was yeah, it was cool products. It made some cool stuff, but it made our society disposable. It made yeah. everything cheap, and and I don't mean that negatively. I mean just, you know, financially cheap and one-time use. If things broke, no big deal. I just buy a new one. If, you know, my computer screen breaks, I just go buy a new computer screen.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, that yeah. that is that is our economy that is capitalism like that that yep. that is consumerism that is the driving force behind it and right is you know buy use throw away go get more at the grocery store more. right yep. and then so you can take it and put it into your refrigerator you know what i mean and while you're in cool. your house with your air conditioning feeling pretty fucking good you know like it's the, it's all there you know it it, it fit perfectly into yep. what Adam Smith created, right, in the Wealth of Nations back in 1776, and we built our entire country upon it.
2: It took over everything, and, and that's the way we live. And, I, and the reason I have my water bottle, and, and this was totally non-intentional, I grew up with immigrant parents and, and grandparents, and they came from a philosophy of you don't throw things out. You don't, yeah. you know. If you bought a plastic bottle, you wash it and you reuse it. Is that <laughs> why you're reusing it? that bottle? <laughs> this is ingrained in my brain, dude. That's why.
0: <laughs> we asked Mike What do you I uh, my, my, Mike asked Joe what he who was drinking before. And I you what you have tea, what is it? It's 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 like vitamin water but it's in an
2: old seltzer bottle because I don't because if I have, have a bottle I, bottles, try yeah. I try to save wow. them and reuse. I reuse my my Ziploc bags too. I'm not not because I'm cheap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because case, I'm a little weird. In case the depression hits again, you. I was going to say,
1: that's It's like a depression era thing. I've seen a lot. like Yeah.
0: That's what my wife's grandparents did. You go up, you they know, saved everything because they lived everything. through the depression. You know, like that's the wow.
2: disposable Lifestyle was not something those people were used to. And to us, it's like I said, you we throw out a cell phone and go buy a new cell phone. Like it doesn't matter. You know, it's yeah. crazy how quickly we. Just we don't even think about things yeah. when 100 years ago, things were saved and fixed and, you know, reused and repurposed and blah, blah, blah.
0: And they were made to last as That's, well. Yeah, I was going to say that. You know, like, and they, oh, they don't make them like they used to. It's not just an old adage. It's legitimately true. I mean, and, and those fridges purposeful. lasted like
1: 20, 30 years. Oh, probably course, yeah. 50 yeah. years. Now everything's Absolutely. made. I think I've read seven year lifespan on some of that stuff right they want your fridge and your washer every seven years
0: that's one of the one of the factors that you know played a role in the great depression was going through the 20s i mean they were making so many you know new products and you know consumer household items that but you bought them like a stove or refrigerator and they were going to last you 30 years and then once you know the amount of people they essentially topped out at the amount of people that could afford these things now not to mention you know Buying on, on 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 credit and all that stuff, and you know, there's a whole bunch of other things that played into it. But oh, yeah. yeah, man, it, you had this this crazy overproduction, right? And then once everybody bought them that could afford them, shit, now you had this this massive surplus, right, yeah. of all this this crazy amount of stuff, you know. And so, smartly, right, well, as far as con- supply side economics, they were like, we got to stop making stuff so good. <laughs> like, we need to take things a little, more- a little bit break a little bit. We got to make some shitty items now because we need to make them out of plastic, you know. And, and, and so, like, you know, yeah, hang everything out of plastic. Think about how that word has
2: changed our vocabulary. When you say, like, oh, what is this made of? Oh, it's made of plastic. Automatically, you think, oh, it's a piece of shit. Right. And that's, that's what it turned into. It didn't used to mean that. It, it, it just used to mean, oh, it's, you know, it's a plastic. It's a synthetic product. It's, it was either good or bad that what it was made of didn't determine that. But now we use it as like, oh, it's plastic. It's bad for its bad. It's negative. It's this or that, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just influenced our vocabulary as well. You're right. And great. it's
0: it's like it automatically it's not going to last long. You know, yeah. it's going to it'll have a short lifespan and then right. I'm going to chuck it and go get a new one, you know, and uh, you're right. You know, except for you, Joe, you keep all of your plastic forever. items because they will last you forever. <laughs> There you go. If and you need a the good therapist day. to talk about your issues with uh,
4: throwing stuff out, I, I got a good one for you. <laughs> I got, I got a guy for that.
0: Everybody's got a guy. <laughs> as us New Yorkers, my, one of my old assistant principals, every time I'd walk in the hallway, he'd be like, "Hey, yo, I got a guy for that." <laughs> like, you Smith, you got a guy that for, that. for that. I'm like, I, I, I kind of do, actually.
4: <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I agree. i like, hey, how you doing? Huh? You know, it's, uh... <laughs> you feed right into it. Yeah, of course. You know, that's that's you know, you gotta you got play into it down here. Um, yeah, great fucking episode, guys. I think yeah, we uh, we cool. hit this one pretty hard. I think we took uh, a really, really, you know, interesting topic, and I think we pizzazzed it up quite a bit. And I think this is um definitely one of our our uh, uh, incredibly educational episodes for sure, man. Um, and uh, a lot of science
2: think- in this episode. I'm proud of everyone. Everyone got their yeah. science
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man so yeah well played um jay i i really really hope that you'll join us again i i uh, you, uh, definitely
1: would this is a lot right, of fun cool, man.
0: yeah i think um i think uh, we'll, we'll pencil jay down to be a, a friend of the show and uh we'll have you on a couple times a season man you know if you yeah,
1: that sounds great man if you and enjoy then, it, uh, yeah. you guys i'll have you guys on mine man uh, yeah I'll do some swaps Sure. Sounds this good. Is, Man, this those... is a little easier. So mine's usually like, I'm either let's see, like I'll have one guest, or I'll have, I mean I've done some solo stuff, but that stuff's like I gotta really script that out. It's a lot easier to just sit here and listen to everybody else and just kind of chime. <laughs> <laughs> in. Like,
0: and so do me a favor though, Jay, before you go, I know we were going to do it in the beginning of the show. Please plug your show. Um, go ahead, uh, give you know, your socials, everything. Where, where, where can people find your show? And <laughs> your what find <laughs> I'll
1: start with my debit card. Uh, <laughs> so the name of the show is called the, with Jay Burke show. The idea is that, um, it's really whoever's on the guest. It's their show. I'm just kind of the co-host there with it. Navigating. Um, so you can find uh, my handles at Twitter and Instagram is at Jay Burke Show. Um, I also have a site at it's at Jay Show at Poddean Podbean.com if I can talk. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can find it. Uh, you can find my show anywhere there's uh, anywhere you find your podcasts.
0: And we'll we'll make sure to put uh, put your links on there, our uh, our information screen for the episode for sure, man. Yeah. um yeah i've uh i've gone on jay's show two times uh yeah. the first time uh we talked about a lot of shit we ended up going like all over the place we yeah, talked about was, history yeah. and a little bit of economics some ghost hunting you know we got yeah, into, we did.
1: that was a lot of fun i actually yeah. had a lot of people ask me who listen they're like how long you know danny for i was like like five minutes before I started <laughs> <there." You know? laughs> like, guys, we just hit it off right like it yeah. was like yeah we knew each other so um, yeah, that was really cool. So and then I have one coming up with you again. Yep. Maybe by the time you release this one, that'll be out. So I just haven't decided because that one goes like two hours if I don't cut it down. So we'll see.
0: And quite Maybe a bit of fascism one. in that one. And I, and I know, like, as you were saying, you, you had an episode not too long ago. Yeah, I to um. split it up yeah that 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 talked into you know it it brought into uh a lot about fascism and that, if that was... i knew
1: i was going to do that i could have done like fascism week or something like that <laughs> I didn't know i didn't know what we were going to talk about you
0: should you could have synced it up with like the paris fashion week you know what i mean that's <laughs> <laughs> fascism week fascism with jay burke <laughs> well, you see yeah eh? oh <laughs> uh, man but uh yeah, yeah you guys definitely please go ahead check out jay's show it's awesome um a lot of good conversation, you know, a lot of awesome guests for sure. You got some legit guests, he's got doctors and authors, and you know, some some legitimate guests. And then somehow I found my way on there. Um, but you know, that's cool. I'll, I'll pretend. <laughs> um, no, for sure, man. Um, Jay, thank you so much, man, for coming on and joining us. Uh, thank this you. was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'll tell you right now, we've had a lot of guests on this season, and I usually have a pretty high level of anxiety and like nerves and um, things like that. But I had none with you coming on because like you had said, like I feel very comfortable talking with you, man. You know, you're, you're a a super easy guy to talk to. And so um, I think you fit very well. in with the rest of us knuckleheads on this show. So, you know, we (laughs) uh, we certainly appreciate you. Yeah, man um all right folks um i think we hit this one pretty hard please make sure that you rate and subscribe uh, to our show wherever you get your podcast it really helps us become a little bit more visible to everybody around us helps us out a little bit and also makes you just that much cooler so uh you know stay out there stay you stay weird and uh adios fuckers